You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this episode is sponsored by Factor, the meal delivery service that provides fresh, ready-prepared meals to support even the busiest of lifestyles. As a mom entrepreneur, I try to fit all of my work hours into the time span when my kids are at school, which means I hit the ground running as soon as I drop them off, and I basically don't stop until it's time to pick them up. In the midst of my workday, I'll admit that I often don't prioritize eating a healthy lunch, but rather just snack on handfuls of chips or whatever I can find laying around. But I know that this isn't best for my health or for my energy levels during my compressed workday. This is why I was so excited to try out Factor. Their food is fresh and never frozen, and the meals are super convenient. All you have to do is heat them for two minutes and enjoy. I've loved having something substantial and healthy I can heat up for lunch, and two of my favorites so far are the sun-dried tomato chicken and the stuffed pepper casserole. I've also loved the pre-made smoothies for a quick breakfast or a healthy midday snack. With Factor, you not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but you skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit to start saving time, eating well, and living your best year ever. Head to factormeals.com slash 3in3050 and use code 3in3050 to get 15% off your first box. That's code 3in3050 at factormeals.com slash 3in3050 to get 15% off your first box. Welcome to 3 and 30 a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, my friends. Today's episode is an encore episode that I pulled from the archives because it is one of my all-time favorites. The guest is Tessa Brown, an artist and a mother of three who strives to live each day with intention and love. Tessa is currently working on illustrating a children's book, and she periodically shares her beautiful artwork, much of which centers around motherhood, on her Instagram page, Tessa Lee Art. She truly has a gift for finding the beauty in life, and I'm so excited for you to hear from her today. Tessa and I actually know each other personally, and the idea for this episode came several years ago when she emailed me and shared a bit about her experience with motherhood. I want to read you an excerpt from that email to introduce our episode topic and to give you a feel for the amazing woman that Tessa is. This is what she wrote, quote, I feel like the joy in motherhood or really any relationship kind of ebbs and flows. Some weeks it all feels so happy and other weeks it feels so hard and frustrating. In the hard weeks, my kids start to feel like so much work. I almost view them as these big obstacles in my way that I have to use all my strength to pick up and move all day long. It becomes so exhausting. I was in a week like that one time and realized that I wasn't truly looking at my children as relationships, as my little buddies, as humans. I was looking at them as a job, as just a lot of hard work. I needed to fall back in love with them. So now in the hard weeks, sometimes I do let myself sit in the, this is hard for a while, but then when I'm done with my pity party, I decide to fall back in love with my kids and I've come up with some really simple strategies to help me do that, end quote. After reading that email, my interest was definitely piqued and I wanted to hear all about the strategies Tessa uses to recapture her joy in motherhood. So I invited her onto the podcast to share three of her ideas with all of us. So with no further ado, here is my conversation with my friend, Tessa Brown. Tessa, welcome to 3 and 30. Just 
really grateful to have you here to talk to us about how to find some of the beauty and the magic in motherhood, even when it feels really, really difficult to do that. Thank you. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. And I know it is something that my husband says to me often that maybe I live in a little bit too much of a magical land in my head that it kind of makes it harder for me because I want it to be that way in real life. And so I've kind of just realized that the magic comes from the love. And sometimes you have to practice the love more than you think you should have to, but it's worth it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I do feel like when you decide that you want magic in your life, you create it. And so I think it's a very good quality to want motherhood to feel magical because then you are looking for it. You are creating it. You are employing these little strategies. And not to say that you don't acknowledge the hard, because that's another thing that I love about you and your writing and your work is you are very quick to say, like, it's hard and it's okay to sit in that for a minute, and just acknowledge your feelings. But then you can move past that and focus back on the love. And that's where you're going to find the magic again. So I would love for you to share some of the strategies that you have found to be helpful for you when you're trying to focus back in on the love and stop focusing so much on the hard. Yes. So my first takeaway is to visualize the love you want to feel. And I feel like that can kind of sound a little bit cheesy, but um, there's a book called Miracle Morning. He was very depressed and he went and researched like the most successful people in the world that he could think of, a bunch of them. And he found over and over again that most of them use some sort of meditation or visualization or affirmation to kind of put their life in track and make it how they wanted. And so he started doing that every day. And he said within like a week, his whole life and his whole mindset has shifted. And I think as mothers, you know, we all want to be successful because what we're doing is so important. We're raising these kids, these real people. So I want to be successful. And so I really took what he said to heart. And I also, I feel like practicing is what it comes down to when you're not really reaching the expectation you have. And I know Ralphie that does the Simply On Purpose Instagram has been on your podcast and a lot of people follow her. And she, her big thing is if a child is not meeting your expectation, either the expectation is wrong or you need to teach the child better and you need to practice with the child. And I think that really holds true to ourselves as mothers, as parents, that we need to look at our expectations of ourselves. And if we continually are not meeting them, then either the expectation is wrong or we need to teach ourselves and practice a little bit better. And the expectation to love, I don't think can ever be wrong. And it's already in us. It just sometimes gets a little lost. So the expectation for me to really want to be in love with my kids is not wrong. And so I decided I needed to practice it. And I decided to use the visualization that I had heard so much about to practice it. And so that's really what visualizing is about. It can kind of sound, you know, a little hippie-ish or something, but it's, it's just about practicing what you want to feel throughout your day. And so what I do is I just take a couple minutes. It really does not take long. And you can do it while you're brushing your teeth or while you're taking a shower or while you're driving. I would suggest attaching it to a, another habit that you do every day so you don't forget. And what I usually do is I just picture each of my children. And I start, you know, with my youngest and she is eight months old. And I picture her little sweet eyes. And I know this is something that little kids do better than big kids. but little kids look at their moms with just so much love. And so I picture her eyes and the way she looks at me and she's kind of, I 
picture her eyes pleading a little bit. And then I picture her asking me, will you accept my love just as it is? And then I picture all the ways that eight-month-old shows me throughout the day that she loves me, whether it's things I love, like the way she you know, moves her arms up and down really fast when she sees me come into a room or things that are sometimes a little bit hard, how she cries every time I leave a room, you know? I picture the way she's showing me all day long that she loves me. And for my five-year-old, it might be something different, like him asking me over and over again, will you play with me yet? Will you play with me yet? Or for my four-year-old, I love how he still absentmindedly will grab my hand as we're walking somewhere. So just the little things like that all day long, and they can be things that you love, and they also should be, you should picture a few things that are a little bit harder for you, but still ways that they are showing you they love you. And I feel like it is such a soothing and beautiful thing to realize that your kids, whether you realize it or not, are showing you and telling you they love you all day long. And that is what you need to get through a lot of the days in motherhood is that love. And it's so easy to not recognize it for what it is because they're not showing you the way you always would want to be shown, but they are giving you their love all day. And after I picture it, I tell them, I will accept your love. And I give them a little kiss. I'm just visualizing myself giving them a little kiss. And throughout the day, when they're doing things, whether things that are maybe annoying me or not annoying me, it is so quick to come to my mind that little stuff they're showing you love right now. And I love the reframe there that those behaviors that are sometimes so annoying are really your kids showing you how much they love you, like asking you all day long if you can play with them. And that doesn't mean that you have to drop everything and play with them. You, but just having the reframe of they are showing me their love changes the way that you respond to that annoying behavior. And you can respond with more compassion and grace. Even if you have to say, no, I can't play with you right now. You're doing it in a much more loving way when you recognize that it's them showing you love, that they want to spend time with you all, all day long, every day. Yes. And it just doesn't feel so heavy. All the things that they're demanding and wanting of you when you reframe it like they're showing you their love. And it totally doesn't mean that you're going to do all the things that they need you to do or want you to do. It just means that you recognize it for what it is, that they love you. And that is so freeing in motherhood because then it doesn't feel like all you're doing all day is giving yourself and not really getting much back in return. And it's easy, I think, as women and as mothers to feel that way, that we're not getting back. But we are getting so much back with, our children if we will just notice the way they are giving. And I do want to say I do not have teenagers myself, but I have kind of a unique family situation and I have two younger siblings, way younger than me, 15 years about younger than me. And so I have been able to kind of see my own mom raise teenagers. And I know how hard it can be to really notice someone giving you love in certain stages when they are really not showing it at all. I mean, teenagers aren't really looking at you with those love-filled eyes and older children aren't really like wanting to hold your hand or anything. So if I had teenagers right now and I was listening to me say this, I feel like I could maybe be rolling my eyes like, okay, that's all sweet and dandy for the ones with the little kids that adore them. But what about us with the kids that are annoyed with everything we say? So I want to reframe the question a little bit that you would ask a teenager. In in your mind, you would ask. In your visualization. Yes. Thank you. This is all just visualizing. I don't, but my kids don't know I do this. But I would, I would picture my teenager or older child or whoever it is, child that's giving you some grief right now. 
And I would picture them still with those pleading eyes, because no matter what your kids are doing or saying, they are looking for your love and they need to feel that love, just like you want to feel their love. They are desperately, desperately looking and asking and pleading for your love all day in the way that they are. So I would still picture their eyes pleading and asking you, instead of saying, will you accept my love today? I would picture them asking you, will you love me exactly as I am today? And then picture the way that teenager or child is showing up in his or her life, whether good ways or bad ways. What I mean by showing up is it's hard. Life is hard. Whether you're two or five or 10 or 12 or 18, it's not easy. And so chances are this child is going through something. If they're giving you a lot of grief, a hard time, not showing you love, they're experiencing their own difficulties right now. And the way they're showing up is probably the best they they can do. Whether you feel that or not, it's the best that they can do right now. So picture them showing up in their life and trying as hard as they can and tell them in your mind, in your visualization, tell them, yes, I will love you exactly as you are today. And I will talk a little bit more about this in another takeaway, but I really think that that unconditional love is one of the most beautiful and healing things that you can give to someone. And because it's such a beautiful, wonderful thing to give, it feels good. And so when you're giving love like that unconditionally, you can accept love better, even if they're not really giving it <laughs> at all. You can, you, can feel, you can feel love, even if it's not necessarily coming from them. And I feel like this is so powerful. So you do this one, you visualize your kids individually. And this whole process doesn't take you longer than a couple of days, right? Yeah, totally. And you can, sometimes I'll do it for a really long time because it feels good. It really does feel good to just picture them and love them, you know? Mm -hmm. But no, if you're like, don't have much time, which a lot of times you don't, then yeah, two minutes. Yeah. And so you picture each one of your kids individually with those eyes full of hope that their mom will love them as they are. And then you tell them, I do love you as you are. And I accept love the way that you give it to me. You've said before that you also do this. You visualize your husband too, right? I do. And it has been a game changer for me and my husband. And I know he appreciates because he had seen a difference from when I started doing it to him. And with him, I do it a tiny bit different. I just imagine all the ways he shows up for me that I don't think about because, you know, as you get get older and get through marriage and you're, you know, have all the kids and the job and everything. It's not roses and and cards and dates all the time. And instead, he's showing up in a a lot of different ways that are actually more meaningful, you know, when you look at it. And so I picture him kind of like bent over from all of the ways he's trying to show up in his life to be the man that, you know, I want him to be and he wants to be. And it's, it's kind of heavy and it's hard. It's almost like he's carrying a load. And then when I say, I will love you exactly as you are and I'll accept your love, I kind of picture him standing up like, oh my gosh, this this load I'm carrying has been made lighter. Because I do think that when someone loves you exactly as you are, it feels so freeing and light. Like you can get through anything. If, if that one person that you need to love you really loves you, then you can get through anything. And it it really has made me see him in a different in a different way and just be so grateful for him day in and day out for the things that he does that I take for granted sometimes. I feel like it almost makes me a little bit emotional to think about this picturing the people you love the most vulnerably putting their heart out to you and asking for love is powerful and really brings you back to the grace and the compassion that you have for them. 
I love that this, what you said about this is practicing. It's the two minute visualization is a daily practice of how you want to live out each day. But you have to practice loving well and you have to practice loving unconditionally. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. I feel my best when I'm clear-minded and emotionally regulated. In that place, I can accomplish what I need to to manage my business and my family and navigate life smoothly. But it's impossible to feel good all the time. Maybe it's bad news or a bad day, but when I'm overwhelmed or like I'm just not showing up in the way that I want to, sometimes it compounds into a negative spiral. Working with a therapist has helped me to identify negative thought patterns and recognize that a bad day is just that, a bad day, and it does not need to mean anything more than that. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists, available 100% online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 3 and 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 and 30. This podcast is also sponsored by Fabric by Gerber Life. Friends, do the responsibilities of adulthood often take you by surprise? I sometimes cannot believe I have two beautiful, precious kids to care for. Their day-to-day well-being is on the forefront of my mind, but I also think about their long-term safety and success. It's so important to protect their future, and one way to do that is through life insurance. Do you have life insurance? If not, Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Plus, you can get wills, access to college savings funds, and more tools to help protect your family's financial future, all in an easy online experience. Protect your family today with Fabric by Gerber Life. Apply in just 10 minutes at meetfabric.com slash 3 and 30. That's meetfabric.com slash 3 and 30. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash 3 and 30. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company. Not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. So what is your second takeaway for times when we're feeling really run down in motherhood and we want to fall back in love with our kids? All right. So my second one is called Savor It. And I have to start with, I looked everywhere for this quote that is the whole reason I started doing this. could not find it anywhere. I... I think it was from an artist or a writer, and I read it on a blog years and years ago before. I think it was when I had my very first baby. And it was this mom, and she said, there's a picture of me and my children laying on a blanket outside in the grass, and we have some food, a picnic in front of us. And I see my kids, my little kids all around me, and I, I, I wish I could remember what they were saying to me that day. I wish I could remember how it felt to have their little hands on me. And she just kind of went through a few things that she wishes she could remember. And it hit me so strong that I can take all the pictures in the world, but I'm not going to remember in 10, 20 years what it feels like to have that little tiny toddler that I created put his little hands on my face and say, I love you, mama. You know, just those little tiny moments. I'm not going to remember that. And it made me sad. It kind of like broke my heart that I'm going to forget how wonderful that is. And so I started doing this thing that I called savoring it, which I think is probably something that lots of people do. But 
in a moment that I am just really taken aback by how much I love my kids. You know, like we're sitting on the couch and they're cuddling up to me and I'm reading them a book. And you know how you kind of get that feeling like, oh my gosh, I love them so much. I can't even hold it in, in me, you know? And it doesn't happen every day and it doesn't happen multiple times a day always. And sometimes it's just for two seconds and then they're fighting or whatever. But I think all parents get that feeling every so mm. often. Of, oh, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, I love my kids so much. So in that moment, I kind of try to take a step outside of myself almost. And I kind of, I always joke that my favorite part of any movie is when the music is just going and it's like you can't hear anybody what they're saying, but it's just showing like these little snippets of the people falling in love. And it's just so amazing. And you're like, oh, I wish the whole movie could just be this. Everyone's happy. Nothing's wrong. So it's almost like that. It's like that part of a movie, but your own life, you kind of are, are just looking at it for just the perfection you can find in it. And it helps me if I if I kind of take a sensory snapshot. So when what I mean by that is, what do they sound like right now? Are they kind of laying on your shoulder and you can hear their little breathing? Or are they making funny noises or singing a cute, silly song? Or if they're older, I truthfully don't know what they would be doing. But I'm sure you still get those moments of, oh, I love them so much. So what do they sound like? And what do they look like? What are they wearing? Are they wearing their pajamas and they kind of are all all messy from sleep? Is their hair sticking up? Do they have yogurt on their face? Just the, like the little tiny details of it and go through each of your senses. And obviously you're not going to be tasting them. So when I get to taste it, sometimes there's not anything that I can taste. But a lot of times I've noticed it's when we're eating because I think food is so joyful. So are you guys all eating ice cream together and it's dripping down their face? Whatever it is, really picture and feel all of your senses taking this moment in and just sit in that. And it feels so good. It almost feels like sunlight warming your soul or something. So there's been, there's actually a study that Yale did about savoring it. And they say savoring it, it helps you to look for the good. And it helps you to stop your mind from wandering. And it helps you to increase your gratitude if you will savor it. And they say that writing it down really does help create the habit to look for those savor moments. And so I do try to write it down. Sometimes I'll just do it on Instagram with like a little picture from the day that I love of my kids. And I'll just kind of write down the little tiny things that the picture doesn't show that I want to remember. Or sometimes I'll write it in my journal. But truthfully, you know, I have an eight month old. And so right now I feel like my schedule's all off and I hardly ever have time to write things down in my journal. And actually, I've been so sleep deprived that even savoring it sounds like too much work. <laughs> so if you are in a stage where just you're, you're not loving it really and it's and what I'm saying sounds like, no, there's just no savoring it moment right now, then I would maybe change the word to notice it. And notice is such a little word, I feel like, and it's kind of taken for granted how powerful it is. Because when I even just think notice it, just notice one thing about your kid that you just still love right in that moment, it really, I think it brings you to savoring, but it doesn't feel like so much work. And so just the other day, my five-year-old, he is in the stage where he's like telling me these stories that sometimes last, like I think they might <laughs> never end. <laughs> yes. And, been there. Oh, and he thinks they're so funny. And <laughs> This sounds terrible, but sometimes I just get so irritable while I'm listening to them. Like, oh my gosh, how is this my life right now? 
Totally. So the other day I was listening to him do that and I was just going crazy in my brain. Like I have to get away. And uh, because it was just going on and on. And so instead I said, no, notice it. So I looked at his face and I kind of blocked out what he was saying. And I just noticed how his nose from the time he was a little baby till now, he just kind of scrunches it when he laughs. And it is just the cutest thing. So I just noticed while he was talking and it was so easy to feel love for him because I wasn't focusing on the things that were frustrating or annoying. And I wasn't doing all the work to savor each little tiny moment, which is such a beautiful thing to do. But all I could do right in that moment was just notice his little nose crinkle. And it was so easy to let the love back in. Mm, that's so beautiful. And I, I feel like noticing beautiful moments, can it can contradict in your mind that it's always hard. Sometimes we get in these frames of mind or in these seasons where we're like, no, literally, it's always hard. They're yeah. always hard. But if you can stop and notice a really perfect moment, it sort of interrupts that. And you're like, it's not always hard. This moment isn't. Even if it's just one moment of every day, it helps you to see, I do have beautiful moments with my kids every single day, even if it's one single second. And so it can kind of help you to reframe that picture in your mind of like, it's always going to be this way. It's yeah. always. And I, and I think it's important. It makes you kind of present in the moment and be okay in that present moment. Because I've found that sometimes when I'm really savoring a moment, and this is so silly, it will kind of make me all of a sudden it will turn into guilt. For I know later today, I'm not going to be feeling this. And how can I ever forget how much I love them? Or, oh my goodness, five minutes ago, I was just yelling at them. How can I have yelled at them when I love them like how I do right now? And I don't know why the mind does that so naturally. And I don't think that that's unique to me. I just feel like it's really easy for mothers to let guilt in when we're feeling so much love. So just swat those thoughts away and just sit in that. I like to think of it as like a lot of times on hard days, there's just kind of clouds over you and it feels really hard to see or feel that sunshine. And when you get one of those savor moments or when you're just noticing the cute little crinkle in your son's nose, it's like the sun breaks through the clouds and just is warming you and just sit in that warmth for a minute. Don't let any of the clouds distract you and don't think about how later that day you're probably going to be annoyed at them again because you probably will be and that's okay it's just a good sweet sunshine wonderful love moment and just let that be absolutely okay and then what is your last takeaway all right so my last one is probably one of the most powerful experiences I've had in my life as a mom my first child is just such a fun intense excitable person and he's been that way since he was little so it's so fun but it's also he had pretty intense tantrums and he's kind of a bigger boy. And so when he got to be about four years old, the tantrums, he hit for like probably three years. He was a pretty big hitter. And it's hard when your kid is hitting other kids. And so it was a hard thing for me. And I was trying a million different things to get him to stop. And he was not stopping. And I was just getting more and more angry about it because I kept feeling like it should stop. And so he was about four years old and he was still every once in a while having these just huge tantrums and he would turn red. Like I always joke that he kind of looks like that little baby on <laughs> The Incredibles. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, nuts because he's such a sweet boy and he would just his whole demeanor would change and he would just come at me and hit me. And it got to the point where he was getting bigger and it hurt. 
I mean, even though he was only four, it hurt. And so then I'm not only mad that he's doing that, but I'm mad that he's hurting me. So it was just getting to be this awful cycle. And I was trying everything, reading all the books and listening to everything, trying to figure out how to stop him. And I had tried so many different things. And I was reading a book called Siblings Without Rivalry because I had my second child as well at this point. And anyway, in it, it said that a child will do anything they can to get attention from their parents. And oftentimes they kind of get thrown into a category or a, like a box and it perpetuates itself into this cycle. Like you think that they're being bad. And so they, they think they're being bad and then they realize they can get the attention for being bad. And it just gets it worse and worse and worse. And so whatever you're kind of giving them attention for is whatever they're going to keep doing. And so really what they're looking for and what they're fighting for with their siblings or, or with themselves, it's just your love. And whenever I read things about love, it always really hits home to me. And so when I read that, I thought, well, maybe that's all he's really wanting is to feel love from me when he's having one of those moments. So the next day he was so mad about something, so tired, and he just totally changed his red face and he came running at me and I got right down to his level. So I was kneeling and he came at me, his little fists were all ready to just start punching me. And I grabbed, I grabbed his hand softly and then I grabbed his little cheeks in my hand really softly. And I looked at him for one second. And you know how kind of in those moments, I swear it was like time like slowed down. And for the first time, I've always just seen anger in him when he did that. But this time I saw another emotion behind the anger in those big, huge tears he had in his eyes. I saw fear. He was kind of scared of himself, of these big emotions that he's having. And I think we all feel that way a little bit when we're having those big emotions. It's like kind of scary when you're putting yourself down this path that you, and it, you don't really know where it's going to end up, but you just have all these emotions. And anyway, I said to him, Boston, I love you so much. I don't love what you're doing right now, but there's nothing in the world that would make me not love you. No matter what you do, I'll always love you. And just even talking about it kind of makes me get teary because the moment I said that, it was like everything just melted away from him. All the anger, everything. And he just broke down. He wasn't like angry crying. He was just like sobbing. And he fell into me and I hugged him. And that was really all we said. He stopped hitting me. And then like for the next month, randomly, every few days, he would just say, hey, mom, remember how even if I hit you or do something bad, you'll still love me? And I would say, yeah. And he would say, yeah. And that was it. You know, he's just four years old. But I just thought that was so sweet that it was like this aha moment for him that like there was nothing he could do that would make his mom not love him. And I think about when I'm having a tantrum and feeling so frustrated. And I was recently pregnant since I had my eight school. And I don't do well emotionally when I'm pregnant. And so I feel like I had a lot of tantrums. And the only thing I ever wanted was for someone to just wrap me in a big hug and say, I love you. Because when you're loved, when you're being your worst, that means the most. It means way more than when you're loved for doing something great. And so it was such a powerful lesson to me. And it really, truly did stop his hitting. It wasn't like overnight, but I did that every time that he would hit me. And he really stopped really quickly. And it was the only thing that worked. And so it just taught me that when you love your child, when they're acting their worst, when you love your child, when you really want to show your love, it reminds you how powerful love is. And it really heals the giver and the receiver. 
and Elizabeth Gilbert, she wrote Eat, Pray, Love, Big Magic. It's a book that I just love. And I've heard her talk on podcasts and she said that she believes that trauma cannot be healed until there is a mother love given. And she wasn't talking about your actual mother. She was just saying that kind of unconditional love that you can give is the only thing that can heal someone who's trying to go through trauma. And I thought that was such a powerful message that an unconditional love can heal anything. And I think that oftentimes when we're going through a hard week or day or whatever, it can feel like trauma, you know, trauma to your soul, just like all the monotony and giving and giving. And that unconditional love from a mother, you are a mother and you're giving that, you're maybe not receiving it in that moment, or maybe you can't tell that you're receiving it. But when you're giving it, I think it really does heal yourself and your relationship with your children. And it kind of lets you remember to love is a choice. You don't just get to do it all the time because it sounds nice. You have to choose to love and especially choose to love unconditionally. And it's the most important thing you can give your children. And it's so beautiful and such a gift to be able to give a love. Yes, I absolutely agree. It shifts everything as far as what you're feeling. Even if your kid's behavior never changes, like their actions aren't changing, what you're feeling is very different when you come at it from a place of Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have any control over what they're going to do or what they're going to say about your love. So realizing that too, you don't have any control. All you can control is giving the love and and have faith that that will mean a lot to them over time. Yes, absolutely. Well, this has been so beautiful and powerful, Tessa. I know there are a lot of moms out there listening who are in a dark, hard place. And I know that because I have been there so many times, as I know you have been, where it's just your kids just feel so hard and feels so heavy. And so I'm so grateful to you for sharing these takeaways that hopefully moms can start trying today to bring back some love into their motherhood. Thank you so much for coming on 3 and 30 today. Thank you so much, Rachel, for having me. I really appreciate all the goodness you put into the world. Many thanks to Tessa for sharing her heart and her beautiful strategies with us today. I am feeling so inspired to give these takeaways a try, especially in the hard weeks when I am just feeling disillusioned and burned out on motherhood. By way of recap, here are Tessa's three takeaways for falling back in love with motherhood. First, visualize the love you want to feel for your children. I love how Tessa explained that meditation and visualization doesn't have to be this cheesy or abstract concept. It's really about practicing the love you want to feel. You're giving yourself the opportunity to envision a moment and mentally practice your response. So when you're in a hard moment later, you're primed and ready to respond in a way that aligns with your deeper values. Tessa's idea for a visualization is this. Close your eyes and picture each of your children individually. Envision them looking at you with pleading eyes asking, will you accept my love just as it is today, even if it is in seemingly difficult or annoying ways? Or with your older children, you might picture them asking, will you love me just as I am today? In these quiet moments, it's so easy to say yes. Yes, of course I will love you just as you are today. And this practice gets you ready to follow through with that intention when challenges come up throughout the day. Tessa's second takeaway is to savor it. This basically means to notice when a really wonderful moment is happening and use your five senses to take a mental snapshot of it. What does your child sound like in this moment? What do they look like? What do you feel inside your body? 
This helps you to give a beautiful moment more weight and allow it to absorb into you more fully. And it also helps you to tune out the difficulties of the moment to zero in on and savor the good. And third and finally, when your child is at their worst, do your best to respond with love instead of anger, panic, or fear. Turn towards them instead of away from them, slowing down your interaction by using a calm voice or a soft touch to change the momentum of your interaction. Our children need our love the most when it appears they deserve it the least. And this powerful shift can truly change the way we parent. My friends, your kids are lucky to have you. They truly are. You care about them so much that you're here listening to this podcast, determined to focus on the good in them, even when things feel really, really hard. I just want to commend you for that and to remind you that I'm rooting for you. And I hope that you have a beautiful week with your family.